Hey everyone, and welcome to a podcast by Buffalo Occupational Therapy for student and OT practitioners looking to bridge the gap between what you were taught in school and real-world OT practice. We are all about using our full scope of practice and understand that OT is so much more than ADLs. We are a medical science, we are a social science, and we are the cutting-edge next generation of OT practitioners. Welcome to Rethink OT. Hello, everyone. Good morning and happy Saturday. Uh, my name is Michelle, and I'm one of the admins here in Outpatient OT. Um, and I am popping on here this morning. Um, yes, it's the weekend, but I also work on the weekends, and this is my weekend look. So here I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm clean, um, and I'm popping in because I wanted to address another um, hot topic. So we're all um, on a daily, right? We go into work and we say, well, what the heck am I going to do with this person? You get a new patient or you have a new eval come in, you have to do your eval plus some treatment time. And you're like, well, what what are some things that I can do? And then after you ask yourself, well, oh my gosh, what the heck am I going to do with this person? Um, you kind of go down this road where you ask yourself, well, is that uh, OT or PT? And I see this a lot in other groups and other conversations. And I'm asked this a lot when I post um, how I would approach something um, and how do you make this more OT? And I, you know, I don't, so you all know me at this point, you know that I, I don't believe that these are two pillars of thought. I think that we overlap just like we do in our education. Um, I, because I'm asked this so much as an owner of an outpatient clinic, um, I did some research into curriculums of universities. And when it comes to OT versus PT, our programs really don't differ by too much. They, um, a lot of programs differ by about eight classes where we focus more on neuro, they focus more on exercise. Um, and then of course, um, of the residency. So they have one extra clinical. Um, so when we say, okay, well, they're, they're DPT or what have you, um, that was a, a profession, a profession based choice. So they don't have the option for masters anymore. They moved right into DPT, just as there's a lot of conversation with IOTA, um, to move us into, um, the, the OTD program. So, um, that, I, so I want to like level the playing field here for you. This isn't two frames of, of, um, remediation. We have the same tools in our toolkit. We're in the same classes. We learn the same body the same way. Um, we learn physiology in the exact same classes as other professions. Um, so our knowledge base, it's all the same. Therefore, you know, we can't come up, we're not trying to recreate the wheel. We don't need to come up with completely different activities just because we're OT, they're PT. Like it's not, it's not like that because we do a lot of co-treatments too. Remember that um, when we're working on the same activity, but different mindsets. And that's where, that's kind of where um, we need to make this fundamental switch in our head and not get so caught up on what profession we are. But what is our vantage point? Okay. So we, just like I'm wearing glasses, right, to correct my vision because I'm essentially blind without them. Um, I see things differently when I take my glasses off. I can barely see my screen, right, than when I put my glasses on. 
Now everything becomes clear. So our lens is completely different from that of our brothers and sisters in the allied healthcare field. We see things differently. Um, we can, and we can take that to multiple levels as well. So there are some OTs that enjoy seeing science. So I love seeing science. When I look at someone, I, I am able, like, I can just break down um, what's happening through activity analysis using biomechanics, physics, um, and kinesiology to be able to um, break it down into its parts and then produce a plan of care, right? Or a, a change in treatment or what have you. We're grading. We're constantly using that frame of thought. There are some other um, occupational therapy practitioners who aren't even in the clinical field, right? They would prefer to do um, even more of a holistic um, uh, wellness track where we're teaching yoga and we're doing um, social-based support groups, things like that. So we have to understand that um, our vantage point as occupational therapy practitioners is that we're looking at the occupation. How is what we're doing going to directly impact, um, how is what we're doing in a treatment going to directly impact the occupation that's being affected for our patient? It's not necessarily that we need to um, wash windows and um, have some kind of Velcro and color and card in our treatment. We don't need a creative activity in order to produce remediation. The activity is not OT. The, the frame of mind that we're using is occupational therapy. So when we're designing a treatment plan, we have got to make sure that we are using our occupational therapy toolkit, our frame of mind. We've been taught that we have to take a client-centered approach. Therefore, we can't use things that we may find on Pinterest for a pediatric client or a school-based client. We can't use that same thing to remediate an adult person because that may be patronizing, right? And appear undignified. And I say those words specifically not to be inflammatory, but because I've actually had patients like feel very unsettled um, when myself, when I was a newer grad um, or uh, my, my coat, my, you know, my um, peers have used um, activities that maybe may appear to be for what do my patients say, like a kindergarten. I feel like a kindergartner. If your patient has told you and vocalized to you, oh, this makes me feel like I'm in kindergarten, and I know that they say this all the time, then we have got to terminate that activity and try something else because that because that is your patient communicating to you that they are feeling demeaned and that your activity is irrelevant. Therefore, we need to adapt to that. And that is an OT frame of mind. Not the activity, not the color, not the Velcro, not the cards, the pegs, the cones. Like you do not have to decorate something or cook something to call it OT. We are a huge profession and we are in the exact same classes as our other, um, as our peers in the in the allied health world, okay? So OT is the end game, is the vantage point we maintain the entire time, despite the activity or treatment we're using, um, that doesn't change. We are always working towards an occupation. We're always ensuring that the patient is, is knitted into our treatment plan, not the other way around. We're not placing um, our ideas on them. They are telling us how they would like to um, 
go through their remediation process, okay? So always just have a conversation with your patient. You too can use weights, um, balance. Uh, again, I primarily work in therapeutic exercise, kinetic activity, and neuromuscular reeducation, um, being outpatient. So that's all OT, that's all billable, okay? Um, so you are autonomous within a framework. What does that mean? It means that there's um, like so many medical professions out there, right? So there are so many different types of doctors. Um, there are so many levels of, um, you know, proficiencies among those doctors. So you may go to somebody who's a little more on the holistic front. Um, I go to a DO versus an MD because I prefer to take um, every effort um, before I'm offered like medicine or um, before, you know, surgery is offered or whatever, I prefer to um, have somebody who's a little more uh, non-traditional than the medical, um, than the strict medical model. So um, just like there are all different levels of, of doctors, there are all different levels of OTs. We all have our own specialties. We all take things. We all have a different interpretation. Um, we all function differently and you can, you can be whoever you want to be. You can work more on the biomechanical model than your friends who, um, appreciate more of a, a social model because we were a gray area. We bridge those gaps. We are huge. If you guys have seen the, um, OTPTST chart, um, that I put out, you'll see that huge middle there. That's OT. We blur the lines in that um, in that diagram. We we take we're like we have shared um, frames of thought, and, and we transform it into a different approach to therapy. Not necessarily different activities in our therapy. That doesn't always look different, and that's okay. That's okay. You are autonomous. You can function however you want based on your competencies. That's why we recommend getting mentorship. That's why we recommend continuing education. That's why we recommend um, deciding what kind of practitioner you want to be. What kind of healthcare worker do you want to be? How far are you going to take this? It's completely up to you. Um, Again, what do you want out of your profession? Where where are you headed? How serious do you want to take this? I take OT very seriously, um, probably to a fault, but that's okay because I love OT and I love the fact that I have permission to heal. I love that I took science classes. I love that I took medical classes. I love that I was in classes with pre-med students. I love that and I've carried that into my um, my approach to occupational therapy. Hey guys, I just want to interrupt real quick. I want to take a minute to remind you to head to our website for OT treatment ideas, any PDFs we reference in this podcast, and a ton of OT science rationale for your documentation. Be the therapist your clients ask for instead of just the therapist they feel they can do without. Head to the Bot Portal and OT store at www.buffalooccupationaltherapy.com. And don't forget to find us on social media in our Facebook group at Outpatient OT or on Insta at OT underscore Outpatient. Now back to the show. So for example, on Saturday here, I... It's, it's my choice. I work off the clock, right? It's my choice to review all of my patients' charts. 
the comprehensive evaluations and break down what symptoms they're facing so that I can go compare that with past patients, um, research, um, and the text to see how can I best support this individual's holistic physiological you know, healing? How can I help them be the best person they are when they return home? They come to me and they expect something from me. I need to make sure I know what I'm doing. And therefore, I'm learning on a daily basis. I have to go through my patient charts. I have to make sure that I have a decent plan for the week so that we stay on track. I can't just come in one day and say, well, I wonder what I'm going to do with Mrs. Smith. Oh, you know, I'll put, I'll, I'll, I'll tap a ball back and forth. I can't do that. Um, because I need to make sure that we are progressing. I need to make sure that every single part of that treatment is multimodal so that I'm addressing more than one symptom at a time for um, maximum efficiency and carryover into their everyday life. So that's extra work that I do. I come home at night and I research. And I'm, you know, that's expected out of a fieldwork student, right? But, but, Will you expect it out of yourself five, 10 years into your profession? Um, that's completely up to you. And it's okay either way. There's no right or wrong. Um, you just need to make sure you're showing up for your client and you're putting them first. Make sure you know what you're talking about on um, every single treatment. Don't just haphazardly put an activity in front of this person just because it's there um, or just because you have to get notes done um, Yes, productivity sucks. Uh, typing your notes in front of the patient, that's that's really frustrating on uh, both parties. Um, that's one of the reasons why I went into outpatient because I don't I don't prefer that. I have to be hands-on. I have to be watching and analyzing um, movements in order to make sure that my patients are getting the best out of me because I can't multitask and and give them quality. Other people can. So it's all different, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's OT versus PT. Again, <laughs> that's what the whole conversation comes back to every single time. So how can you, so like, what can you do? What can you do to explore the kind of OTP you want to be? Um, you can do research. You can take extra certifications. Continuing education is a big thing. Not not waiting until right before you need to submit them, um, but taking them throughout. Every time I have a new diagnosis, I make sure I take three to four um three to four seminars on that diagnosis to ensure that I know what I'm doing and how to best support the healing of that diagnosis. Because if I don't know how somebody would recover having this diagnosis in this age group, um, how in the world am I going to de design a treatment that's going to mimic the natural healing process of that diagnosis, of that fracture, of that surgery, of that ailment? Um, I, I can't. If I don't know the physiological aspects of healing for that thing, there's no way that I can produce a treatment that's going to specifically um, specifically address those needs, kind of like balance. You can't just say, um, you know, what activity am I going to use for balance and like just use the same ball catching activity for every single person. Because if what's throwing their functional presentation of balance off is is coming from the cerebellum versus the basal ganglia. That's a completely different treatment plan. So 
you don't want to make, make your session irrelevant because you don't know the reason why they're experiencing those symptoms. So in that respect, we're researchers, right? All the time. Um, that's just what we do because we're activity, we do activity analysis. Therefore, we have got to make sure we know the diagnosis or we can't properly do activity analysis because it's all going to be different um, based on those two factors. You can't just take, we do a lot in school, right? We like spread peanut butter and jelly on a, a bread and we ask everyone to analyze this and what is what is this person doing making a peanut butter jelly well if my person has parkinson's making that peanut butter jelly the activity analysis is going to look way differently than if my individual has um a you know a new amputation right it's going to look different so that's just a, a drastic example but um, that's exactly what I mean. Your activity analysis and your treatment plan and the way you're going to approach that symptom is going to look completely different um, based on the person in front of you. You can't carry it over. Um, and then, of course, advocacy and then volunteer opportunities just gives you an opportunity to keep talking about it. I've been talking about all of this stuff for a very long time. Um, and the more I talk about it, the more comfortable I get, you know, manipulating that information. So. Those are just some examples. I hope that encourages you to know that you don't have to stress over is your treatment OT or PT because what are you working on? <laughs> Again, our treatments look exactly the same sometimes. Sometimes I have my patients in the parallel bars. Sometimes the PT will come out and I'll come in with my patient and it looks the exact same. The treatment looks the exact same, but it's different. I'm going to explain it a lot differently in my notes than my um, my brother or sister in a different allied health care field. If I'm working on dual tasking, if I'm working on uh, remediation of executive function, my documentation and my reasoning for what I'm doing is going to look a lot different than um, my brother or sister in speech therapy. It's all the vantage point and how you're going to document. That's why we always document defensively in um, bot. So, all right, so with that being said, if you've made it through this video and you're still holding on with me and you're taking applied kinesiology on Thursdays or on Wednesdays, the half an hour class that begins um, not this week, but next week, tell me what you're uh, most interested in, uh, what you're looking forward to, um, why, you're, why you're feeling interested in that course. Do you just need a refresh? Um, what part of it is, is the most interesting to you um, so that I ensure that I kind of um, amplify those areas? Okay. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. Um, I appreciate you guys. I'm glad you're here. And I look forward to growing with you um, this year. We'll learn and grow together as we share our experiences. Okay. Goodbye.